You are listening to the 12 Stone Podcast. For more information on our eight locations or service times, please visit 12stone.com. Now enjoy Pastor Sean Myers as he delivers the Holy Spirit in us. Would you just take a second, wherever you are, to assume the posture of receiving their hands out like this. This song is a prayer. I'm going to sing this prayer over you, over your families. No matter where you are, his presence is with you. He's for you. God, we thank you. children and 
their children, and their children, may his favor be upon you, and a thousand generations, and your family, and your children, and their children.
thank you for your presence. We thank you that you're near. You're not distant, God. You're our very present help, our ever-present help in the time of trouble. So God, we lean on your presence. Thank you for inviting us in. We say we want more of you. We desire more of you, God. Fill us with your presence. Fill us with your power. Be enthroned on the praises of your people. God, we worship you. We honor you. We bless you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Oh, hey, what's up, 12 Sun? Hope you guys are doing well. We are making some breakfast tacos here at the Epps house. That's what we do. When we have church, we like to have a meal. It just kind of makes sense for us. And so if you're not making a meal, maybe you should. It's the only way to do church. But we are glad you guys are here with us today. Kiddos, it's your time. You can go ahead and get on an iPad or a device. You can go down to 12stone.com. Scroll down. You're going to see video presentations. We've got cool videos for you guys. And y'all can click on those and watch those videos. We have additional resources too, kids. Uh, parents, you can help them find these additional resources under the kids tab. If you want them to have more videos they can watch, cool stuff there. I feel like such a pro, man. I'm doing this, talking to you guys, making breakfast, burning the eggs. Anyway, uh, y'all can do that now. We're going to turn our attention to our senior pastor. Call it, you know his name? Pastor Kevin. Pastor Kevin. Nice. I didn't even teach her that. She just knows. Hey, we're going to turn our attention to Cedar Pastor Kevin Myers. Love you guys. We'll talk to you soon. Now that's a great intro. Uh, we come into the teaching with the sense of awe of who God is and the awareness that he is for us. I keep praying over you, church, that in the midst of your uncertainty, God would give you peace. In the midst of hardship, man, that the kindness of God would give you strength. In the midst of real dilemmas, that God would give you wisdom. That's where we left off last week in this series on the Holy Spirit. And next week, next week, I'll wrap it up with week three, talking about the power of the Holy Spirit in relationship. It's going to be awesome. But today, today is going to be a great day. I've asked Pastor Sean to, to teach today on the Holy Spirit and temptation. Sean, where are you, man? Come on up here. Get ready. In fact, in fact, why don't you just bow with me? And I want to pray over us. Heavenly Father, we are all at different places in our faith, and uh, honestly, different things tempt each one of us. So would you let your anointing rest on Pastor Sean today? Would you give us ears to hear? And Holy Spirit, would you pour out uh, for your name's sake? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come on, Sean. Amen. Well, 12, so we hope you're keeping your sanity in this season, not going crazy. And you know, it's always going to be our hope on a weekend to put a smile on your face. First and foremost, as we trust God through this season, we'll smile with joy knowing that it's in his hands. But secondly, we always want to put a smile on your face through Travis Billman. In fact, he put a video together for us talking about what you would only say in a quarantine season. Check it out. Are you kidding? One play is fantastic. Hey, what day is it? Tuesday? Friday? Hey, what did I say? No playing outside. That's why I bought you an iPad. You know what sounds good right now? 
exercise. Hey, remember paper towels? Hey, you've seen Tiger King, right? Look at them out for a walk. Murderers! Hey, remember work? Remember freedom? Hey, you wanna learn some TikTok dances? Hey, the government gave us free money. You know what, school's overrated. Just watch your iPad. Oatmeal cream pies or Thin Mints for breakfast? I could really go for a quick trip corn dog right now. Taco Bell. Now, can that internet speed support 27 devices at once? I don't care if she's your sister. She coughed yesterday, so we have to wait 13 days. Okay, you distract him. I'll sneak around back and steal the toilet paper. Hey, let's watch Tiger King again. Sweet, I only gained four pounds this week. I am so ready to get back to work. I so want to get back to work, right? Well, that's what we're going to do today. Those are some things you would only say in quarantine. Well, last week, we looked at something that really only Jesus would say to his disciples. It was in John chapter 17. I'll read it again. And this is a mo- John chapter 16, a moment that Jesus says something to his disciples we wouldn't necessarily say. He said, so let me say it again, this truth. It's better for you that I leave. If I don't leave, the friend, Holy Spirit, won't come. But if I go, I'll send him to you. And that's one of those things Jesus would say, and you would question, going, better that you would leave. What could possibly be better than that? And he tells us the Holy Spirit. And here's the question for us. What's better than Jesus with us? The answer is this, the Holy Spirit in us. Now, there's a mystery to this statement, that the same power that resurrected Jesus from the grave is the same power that is in you and I as followers of Christ. Great mystery. In fact, there's a quote from Oswald Chambers that I love so much that gets to that point. He says, the spirit is the first power we practically experience, but the last power we come to understand. Now, to help us better understand who the Holy Spirit is, what he does inside of our lives, I have a a picture, an illustration that I turn to time and time again to help me understand how the Holy Spirit works. Now, to get to that picture, I want to play for you a sound, which is quite possibly the most annoying sound I've ever heard. You'll probably agree. Here it is. Oh, I, I... I cringe as soon as I hear that sound. And if you don't know what that is, that is the default alarm that is on the iPhone, right? Some of you wake up to that, so you cringe as well. But that sound just drives me nuts. But I believe that a great picture of what the Holy Spirit is in our lives is an alarm clock. What is an alarm designed to do? It's designed to what? To wake us up, to go after the things that we have to go after for that day. And in the same way, I believe the Holy Spirit is designed to wake us up spiritually in our lives to the things that he's called us to go after, to take new territory for his kingdom, to grow up in our faith in the way that we follow Jesus Christ. Now, if the Holy Spirit is an alarm clock, uh, let, let me say this. There's two types of people in this world, right? There's early morning people that like the morning, and then there's night owls who stay up late. So let me ask, for you, wherever you're at, in your living room, kitchen table, in the car, how many of you are early morning people? That's you. You want to wake up early. You want to go about your day. You're excited about that. Some of us, all right? Now, how many of you are night owls? Like, you could just stay up all night, wouldn't phase you. Yeah, some of you, you're like that. Now, if you're a night owl, let me ask you, what is your favorite button on the alarm clock? the snooze button, isn't it, right? You hit that bad boy and you got 10 more minutes 
of sleep. Now, let me make a point. I think many of us in our lives, when it comes to the Holy Spirit, when it comes to him waking us up to the things that he would have us go do to empower us for the kingdom of God, many of us are at risk of hitting the snooze button on the Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit presses in. I want you to go serve your spouse before yourself. And you say, snooze, I'll get to that. I want you to go serve your neighbor across the street. Give them food. They don't have any right now. You just say, snooze. I'll get to that. I I don't want you to indulge in that sin anymore in your life. And you just say, man, snooze. I'll get to that in just a moment. And many of us, man, we are at risk of hitting the snooze button on the Holy Spirit when he's trying to speak into our lives. And I wonder, what if the greatest danger of sin is not its effect on us, but that it cuts us off from the voice of the Holy Spirit in our life? You see, there's a battle that is going on within you. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, there is a battle that's taking place. And it's between your humanity and the divinity of the Holy Spirit battling back and forth. In fact, Paul talks about this in Galatians chapter 5. He says, so I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. Now, of course, we understand how this plays out, this battle inside of our lives. The Holy Spirit is that that small voice inside of your head when you've been trapped in the house or the apartment around your family all day long to the point where just the crunch of a chip in your spouse's mouth the wrong way drives you crazy. And in that moment, you just want to lash out and yell at them. But that small voice that says, I wouldn't do that right now. You might want to hold off. That's the Holy Spirit. That moment when you're driving in the car and somebody cuts you off, bad driver, and your hand slips down from the steering wheel to the horn and the Holy Spirit says, man, I, I wouldn't do that right now. Maybe it's a late night and you're finally alone by yourself and you can do whatever you want and the Holy Spirit is just speaking into your life. Man, be wise about what you choose to do in this moment. We understand that there is a battle that's waging between the Holy Spirit and our humanity and our desires inside of our lives. Now, today we're going to learn that the Holy Spirit empowers us and helps us when facing temptation. And these are the two things we're going to look at. We're going to look at the Holy Spirit gives us the discernment to recognize temptation and the assurance in our identity to overcome it. See, temptation is the desire to do anything outside of the will of God. Temptation itself is not a sin. In Hebrews, it reminds us that Jesus lived a sinless life, but yet was tempted. And so we know temptation isn't the sin, but it's when we give into it. And so the Holy Spirit gives us the discernment to recognize temptation and the assurance in our identity to overcome it. We need the Holy Spirit to fight temptation. Now, one of my favorite quotes of all time about the Holy Spirit comes from Pastor Matt Chandler, it makes me laugh every time I read it. He says this, fighting sin without the Holy Spirit is like open hands slapping a bear. It isn't going to go well for you. Man, we need that Holy Spirit to fight temptation inside of our lives. And so what we're going to do is we're going to take a look at a passage in Matthew chapter 4. And we're going to take a look at this moment in Jesus' life where he is tempted. He is led by the Spirit out into the wilderness 
to face Satan in three temptations that would take place in his life. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and grab them. I'm going to be reading out of it in Matthew chapter 4. We're going to start at verse 1 and read through verse 11. And as we get ready to read this, as we're going to walk through these three temptations that Jesus faced, I, I want to say this to you. I mean, for some of us, sometimes I feel like because I'm in isolation, I am less tempted by things around me that would take me out of the will of God. But this story is going to show us that because we're in isolation doesn't mean we're not being tempted. In fact, it was the Spirit of God that led Jesus into the wilderness to be isolated where he was tempted. Man, we're most vulnerable in isolation by temptation. So we're going to look at the three temptations that Jesus faced. And then at the very end, figure out how he was empowered by the Holy Spirit to walk through them and not give in. So Matthew chapter four, verse one, I'll begin reading. We're gonna break this down together. Then Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Now, I just wanna say right from the very beginning, we have to be clear that Satan tempts and God tests. God is not testing Jesus in this moment. It is Satan that is doing it. It literally says Jesus was led by the spirit, but tempted by the devil. And then there's the most obvious verse in all of scripture next. It says, after fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. You think? Now, now why is that in there? Why, why would they say that Jesus is hungry? We're being reminded of his humanity. That in these temptations that Jesus is going to face, he's like you and I. He is being tempted by these things. He hasn't eaten for 40 days. He's hangry at this point and upset. He is walking in his humanity about to face these very things that we face in our lives. But we first have to understand the context of what's going on. When you see the word then in verse one, it's telling us that what happened in the end of chapter three is connected to what is now happening in chapter four. So what, what happened just before this? It was a moment that Jesus was baptized. We see the Trinity, the Godhead, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, all in one moment. And the Holy Spirit actually falls on Jesus in his baptism. But the Heavenly Father says this, over Jesus. This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. This is a spiritually high moment for Jesus, which is then immediately followed by a spiritual low. You see, whenever God does something great in your life, you can count on Satan being right behind him, trying to pull up the seeds that God just planted. Some of you are in that season right now. Some of you are going to walk into that season. But maybe you just need to highlight the word then to remember that spiritual highs are always followed by spiritual lows in testing that takes place in our life. Now watch what the enemy does first. Verse 3. The tempter came to him and said, if you are the son of God. Now wait, if. What did God just say, our father just say over Jesus right before this? Remind you again, he said this, this is my son whom I love, with him I am well pleased. But now Satan is starting by going, well, if you're the son of God. And man, you need to write this down. This is how Satan has this go-to tactic. Satan's go-to tactic is to put a question mark in your life where God has put a period. See, the heavenly father has just declared, this is my son. And now Satan is beginning by going, if you're the son of God. He will always go after our identity in who we are in God. It's his go-to tactic. It's what he did in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. He went right to them and said, did, did God really say you shouldn't eat this, through, this fruit? 
He will always try to take the word of God and put doubt in your heart towards it. Verse three, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Now, here we get into the specific temptation. Verse four, Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And here's the first temptation, to value the gifts of God over God himself. See, there was nothing wrong with bread, right? There's nothing wrong with bread. I mean, it's good. We eat it. We like it. But in this moment, the Spirit of God had just led Jesus into the wilderness to fast. And so Satan is offering him to do something that would take him out of the will of God and eat bread when when this is not something that God had for him. And it's important to note that the first temptation Jesus faced was not to do something immoral or bad. It was actually to go after something good. See, this is why we need discernment from the Holy Spirit. Because there will be things that look like they're actually good, but are out of the will of God. And the Holy Spirit wakes us up to see that's not what he has for us. I mean, Satan wants to take something good and make it godly in your life. Maybe it's, it's a job you have, a marriage, a companionship, or your children. And he wants to make that the most important thing in your life that drives your decisions. For example, you might think, man, I can't be single. I have to make more money. I have to have the approval of others. I have to be the best. I have to be recognized. And that desire takes us over and it begins to drive our decisions in our life when we care more about the gift than we do the giver. That's the first temptation that he was facing. And what was his response? Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Jesus is saying, There is something more important to me than the need to eat, the gifts that God gives, but the fellowship I can have with my heavenly father. Temptation number one. What what does that look like for you? Where are you tempted to love a gift of God more than God himself? For me, it can be work that I would get my identity, my self-worth out of what I do and whether people approve it or like it. Maybe that's true of you. Maybe in this COVID-19 season, you've been so removed from that that you don't even know what to do with yourself. You don't even know where to find your self-worth or your identity because the very thing you got it from has been removed and the Holy Spirit is waking you up to that temptation in your life. We continue, verse five. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, there it is, the, the doubt, Throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. So what's going on here? Well, the key word I think is is test. Satan's saying to him, man, if you really are the son of God, if you really are loved by God, then throw yourself off. God would never let anything happen to you. And Jesus responds with, why would I test God? Why would I test what he has already declared and said to be true of me and his love over me? Here's the second temptation. To evaluate God through your circumstances rather than his word. Man, it's so easy to fall into this one. Man, when, when times are going good, we feel like we're in God's favor and he's blessed us. But when times are going bad, we start questioning, what does that look like? Am I in the favor of God? What have I done? Man, that might look like questions that you would ask like, man, God, I know You love us, but why are we walking through this COVID-19? Maybe you would ask, man, God, I I, I know you love me, but why is this happening to me? God, I know you love me, but why do I feel this way? Why can't I have that? And we ask these questions 
in our life. But look at Jesus. Just look at Jesus in this circumstance. He was a beloved son. He was well pleased by his father. He was walking with the spirit exactly where he's supposed to be in this desert, but he was not free from pain or temptation. The circumstances were terrible. And let me remind us, when Jesus gives us the invitation, when he says to follow me, he isn't calling us to walk through meadows barefoot with waterfalls and and rainbows and unicorns where ice cream is fat free. When he says, follow me, he's saying, follow me to the cross where I'm going to die, where we will die so that we can serve one another above ourselves. God is not calling us to circumstances that are always going to go well. There are going to be circumstances that we walk through like this that are difficult. And the question is, will we interpret God through our circumstances or will we interpret our circumstances through God? When the Holy Spirit leads you to the desert of financial instability, unappreciative kids, not being able to have kids, unemployment, when he leads you to those deserts, will you evaluate those circumstances based on the word of God? Or will you evaluate God based on the circumstances? This is the temptation that Satan is calling upon him. But Jesus resisted. In verse eight, he said again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give to you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Here's the third temptation, to pursue a good thing in the wrong way to compromise. Let me tell you why this was probably the most difficult temptation for Jesus to face. Because Jesus came to the earth for what? For the kingdom of earth, to, to conquer sin and death. I mean, what Satan is offering him is actually why Jesus showed up. But Satan is offering him a way to compromise to get it. He's saying, you don't have to face the pain of the cross. You don't have to be beaten and ridiculed and spit on and mocked. You can just have it right now if you would fall down and worship in front of me. And man, I think many of us fall into this temptation where we think, man, God really does have this for me. It's the temptation of compromise where we know God has it for us, but we choose to take a shortcut to get it there rather than trusting in the time, timing of God. See, Jesus trusted in the timing of God. And what did he get in the end? All the kingdoms of earth conquered sin, conquered death. And where in your life right now is the Holy Spirit waking you up saying, man, where are you compromising and cutting corners? And I want you to be patient and wait for what I have for you. See, this temptation is, is to walk parallel to the will of God, but not in it. Where we still feel like we're doing what God has called us to do. Verse 11. Then the devil left him and angels came and attended to him. Now, I want to spend the last few moments as we talk today, talking about how did the Holy Spirit actually empower Jesus to not give in to these three temptations, to face them and to speak into them and walk away from them without sinning. And many people interpret this point of scripture and they think, well, it's easy. Jesus just kept reciting scripture back at Satan. Satan would throw something at him and, and Jesus would just volley back with scripture. But that's not exactly what's going on. Scripture is important that we would know it and be able to say it. But what Jesus was doing is he had a motivation 
so deep inside of him that drove him in this moment. And the scriptures that he actually quoted were, were rooted in this motivation, inside of this understanding that Satan couldn't negate. And here's what it is. It was this motivation and understanding that his identity was in his father's eyes. See, every temptation that, G, that Satan came after him with, if you are the son of God, Jesus came back by saying, I am the son of God. I know who I am in my father's eyes. I can see it. The entire time that Jesus was being tempted, the Holy Spirit was next to him, whispering him, going, tell him who you are. Tell him who you are. Tell him how much your father loves you. And he was empowered by the Holy Spirit to understand that he had an assurance, assurance in his identity in Jesus Christ. And maybe for you today, all you need to hear, this is the only thing you need to understand, is that in Christ, when you surrender your life to him, you can have assurance that your identity is found in him. That he loves you. See, I don't know how far removed you are from your salvation moment, but in that moment when you gave your life to Christ, your heavenly father looked down at you and, and said, this is my son, this is my daughter whom I love. And I am well pleased with. And today the Holy Spirit wants to remind you that you are loved by your heavenly father. That your identity is in how your father in heaven views you in his eyes. See, every temptation is rooted inside of one temptation. It's this. To establish your identity in something other than God's fatherhood over you in Jesus Christ. So how does the Holy Spirit empower us to fight off temptation and sin in our lives? It's not just to look at temptation and to say no. It's to remind ourselves that our identity is in Christ. So that when we look at the temptation that comes our way, we'd say, that's not who I am. I'm not going to give into that because I am in Christ bought by the blood of Christ. That's how we fight temptation, through the Holy Spirit empowering us and reminding us of our identity in Jesus. And that's our prayer for you here today. See, both Satan and the Holy Spirit will convict us of sin, but they both start in different places. See, Satan starts with what you did and uses that to tear down your identity. The Holy Spirit starts with who you are in Christ and helps you rebuild what you have done. And today the Holy Spirit wants to speak and remind you that he wants to help you rebuild the things inside of your life because when you surrender to Jesus, you are in Christ Jesus and your heavenly father is looking at you and loving you. So church, we need the power of the Holy Spirit on us leading us, guiding us, giving us discernment to see the temptations that we're most vulnerable to, even the temptations that Jesus faced himself in the wilderness. Then we need the power of the Holy Spirit to give us assurance of our identity in Christ. And so I want to pray that over you here today, to pray that the Holy Spirit would be unleashed upon you in this moment. So would you bow your heads with me wherever you're at? Father in heaven, we come to you. And I pray that very thing over every single person right now. And maybe you're comfortable. You can put your hands up wherever you're at. Maybe you just need to bow your head, get on your knees, whatever you do. Create a space where you're at. And God, I pray right now, Holy Spirit, 
Would you awaken your church to the temptations that we have gotten light with, where we have been hitting the snooze button, so to speak, on you, Holy Spirit, and we've gotten comfortable inside of the temptation and sin that we engage with? Maybe for some of us, it's to love the gift over the giver, that we're valuing the gifts of God over God himself. And right now, that's very evident in our life. And in the Holy Spirit, you're bringing that up. If that's you, just repent, confess it before God that you've done that. Maybe it's, it's that you would take a shortcut, that you would compromise inside of your life and go after something that God wants for you, but not in the way that he wants you to go after. Whatever it is, just repent, lay it before God, trust him with it. But church, I pray right now, Holy Spirit, would you empower us in a way we have yet experienced before that when we face temptation like Jesus did, we would fight it in a way in our identity that's rooted in you, that Satan would flee from us, that that temptation would flee from us because that's not who we are anymore. So Father, we thank you that you are with us, guiding us, encouraging us. We love you. We thank you for everything you're doing. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. 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 Man, thank you, Sean. So encouraging. The truth is we, we have deserts in life. But the Holy Spirit is within us, the kindness of God. You know, we're all tempted to, uh, to make life about us, to be about ourselves. One of the things I is so grateful for and appreciate is at, at your very heart, you're, you're just a giving, serving, loving kind of people. And as you give today, we'll, we'll tell you how to text that. But let me say, if you're... If you're New to 12 Stone, if you're guests of ours, no, feel no compulsion to, to give. You're part of the family you want to give. You can text to 37748. Text give to 37748. Most of you give direct online, and you already set that up. And It's just a part of your love of God and gratitude to God and worship, and you honor God with, with tithes and offerings. And it's just it's in your nature to give. So, so, and and I, I want us to celebrate. If you're listening in, I just want you to know it's at our heart to give. It's the nature of God to give. And we're trying to walk in who he is. I'll give you a couple examples. The uh, whole Northeast Georgia health system. Man, they've been in, in need of these plastic gowns. You aware of this? I, I, I became aware of it this past week. It's that painter's plastic that... That, that really thin stuff, but apparently it's hard to get anymore, and they need that at the hospitals, and, and, and they go through tons of these things. Anyhow, hard to get plastic. Well, we got a hold of some that where we could make literally 27,000 of the gowns that they need for, for people to put on them in this COVID-19 season. And, and last week already, volunteers have made over 6,000 of those gowns. And I'm like, that's like us. 6,000 on the way to 27,000. Well done, church. I mean, I, I just want to applaud and say that. It's who we are. We, we don't, when you give, you don't just give to 12 stone, you give through 12 stone. And some of the things that we, we get to be a part of and kind of celebrate the love of God uh, being taken in the life of this community is, is through the whole co-op and food efforts. You know that's deep in our heart for people who particularly uh, hit even greater need in, in this whole coronavirus season. And I got some stats passed along. I just thought I'd share them with you. They're encouraging. It takes a while to get details and, and, and numbers, but this is just from the week of, of spring break. Here's an example. Our six Gwinnett County co-ops uh, usually see uh, 112 households per week, but during spring, bay, spring break, 
they had an average of 825 households. I mean, that, that's crazy numbers. That, that's, that's, that's just multiplying 600 50% more than normal. And, and you help make that possible. You help, you bring in food in every week. And we take over the co-ops and we help fund and, and invest in this. Just well done, church. I think God smiles. He's pleased. Another stat, during a spring break, uh, they, the six co-ops here in the Gwinnett, uh, greater Gwinnett territory, served an average of 1,613 children. Come on, man. That's just, that's beautiful. Who we should be. In fact, that week, uh, you as a church gave $15,000 worth of Kroger cards that they were in need of so they could uh, distribute those. The whole uh, freezer project that we worked on as a church uh, from Christmas have now completed. Uh, the Gwinnett Co-op uh, posted a thank you to 12 So I thought, you know what? You should be encouraged in what we do together. Check out their, they posted this on their own Facebook, but, but it should be encouraging to you, church. Check it out. Hi, guys. Kim Phillips, the Executive Director of North Gwinnett Co-op. We just wanted to come on, do a quick video to say a huge thank you to 12 Stone Church. We got our new freezer and we are super excited about that. This freezer enables us to take things in like frozen pizzas, hamburger meat, meats, hot dogs, all of that stuff that we can serve our families with. So when you're out at the grocery store, pick some extra up for us because we can handle that now. And a big, big thank you to Essential Construction and Maintenance Services for installing it and donating the labor for the install. So we are super excited about that and just wanted to really, really thank Folsom Church uh, for their partnership in helping us serve our communities. Thanks, guys. And church, I love what we get to do together. I love how you love Jesus. I, I love how you love others in this territory. And we just keep honoring God and, and walking through this. And next week, week three, we'll pick up on the Holy Spirit and his empowerment in relationships. Huge insight to come. It's going to be an awesome weekend. But for now, I'm going to throw it to Jeremy to wrap it up. Hey, 12 Stone, there you have it. Thanks for being with us. Today, worshiping with us. A couple things for you guys to take off earlier in the worship set. New tune dropping from 12 Stone Worship called Your Kingdom. Enjoyed worshiping with you guys with that tune today, but also it's going to be streaming on all platforms. So if you want to go uh, download that, stream that, worship along with that at some point in the week, we'd love that. Engage with us that way, Your Kingdom. Hey, also we got devotionals Monday through Friday from our campus pastors. And then next week, we're going to wrap up Holy Spirit series with Pastor Kevin Meyer. So hope to see you there. Engage with us for the week. We'll talk to you soon. Later.